Well, thank you very much. Um, I thought my voice would be back by then, but um, it seems the, the throat doesn't want to give way. Um, so you bear with me once again. Um, we, we are a little more narrower uh, this evening, like I did mention. And so in my uh, saying farewell uh, to the church, of course, I'm, I'm going uh, way back uh, from the time that uh, I did come uh, even uh, to Kabwata Baptist Church and how we have uh, been working side by side uh, with each one of you. And in saying farewell, uh, it is not uh, so much that we will not see each other again, um, but that uh, we have now become an independent church and that uh, you are now uh, a sister church and not a sending church. And it was uh, thought right that uh, we be able to address something even a little more specific in terms of uh, uh, who Kabwata Baptist Church is and uh, what you continue doing, especially in areas of taking the gospel across the world. I will allow you to turn with me into John and chapter 12. John and chapter 12. And we are reading from verse 20, John 12 and verse 20 and 21. The Bible reads, Now among those who went to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and Andrew went, and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone saves me, he must follow me, and where I am there, will my servant also be. If anyone saves me, the Father will honor him. Let's pray. Our God and Father, we are grateful again for the opportunity that you have given to us even to meet in such a manner. Lord, indeed, there is much to be thankful for. There is much to be grateful uh, about. And we thank you for Kabwata Baptist Church, we thank you for the elders, uh, the members here, those who've come and gone, and we pray that uh, even as your word comes forth, that uh, you'll be able even to remind all of us that which is most significant, that we should, we should desire, that which should be our heartbeat. And so we pray that you go before us, even as this your word is unfolded. Bless it to us. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. On the passage that I have before us, um, I would like to do more of a, a personal a kind of situation, uh, more of an encouragement uh, to each one of us. And so I, li- I love to uh, expose it, the word. I like to do expository preaching. Um, but because of the situation here, I will just focus on one particular verse, but address uh, a number of issues which will come out from there, which could be of help to all of us. Now, there is a work that God is doing here at Kawata Baptist Church. Now, we may not realize it, but if you come to think of it, the church is located right at the center, so to say, of Africa. And across neighbors, uh, we are landlocked in Zambia. And uh, next to us, we have other countries, and these other countries are coming forth. And God has, in his sovereignty, strategically placed this church at the center. Now, that's not a coincidence. We could be thinking just, oh, somehow, I mean, God has allowed it to happen that way, but it's not a coincidence. You have a church that is planting other churches, and you have almost about 20, 25 missionaries, mission stations, not just Zambia, but those others outside country. We are talking of Nigeria, Botswana, Namibia. We were reading about Rwanda. You have a shepherd that has been called highly gifted, known across the world, the African Spagian. <laughs> it's not a coincidence. If we open up our eyes, we'll see that there's something that God is doing. And we all can be a part of it. Now, in John in chapter 12, and verse 20 and 21 there, it says, Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. Now this is of course in preparation of the Passover as they were going down ahead to prepare for this uh, feast here. And it says there were some Greeks who were there on the way headed towards Jerusalem. And verse 21 says, So this came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Saul, we wish to see Jesus. And as a church, I'm here to say to us that this must be our prayer. Your everyday prayer. God, 
let us help us to see Christ. And that's the title of the message here. Every Christian's prayer. Every Christian's prayer. But particularly here at Kawata Baptist Church. I remember some years ago, the World Cup was hosted here in uh, uh, Africa. And as I was interacting with one uh, individual, and they said, well, look, I'm saving up money. I want to go and attend the World Cup. And, and, and asking, say, but what's so exciting about that? And what they said is, look, I just want to see Wayne Rooney. That's it. When I just see him playing, ah, <laughs> I'll be done. That's all. That's all I want. Just that moment. For the Christian, we all ought to be saying, Lord, we want to see Jesus. More and more and more of Jesus. Because when you look at the Bible, beginning from Genesis into Revelation, if you have not come to a point to realize that Christ is at the center there, then you've missed the scriptures. We have missed it. And that God's mission, his mission is that Christ is taken across the world. That's his mission. Christ, Christ, Christ. And it's interesting that these Gentiles, these Greeks, you notice that what the Bible says here. It says Greeks, Gentiles. They were not Jews. They were traveling, coming into Jerusalem, and they have one thing in mind, Christ. And you know what was happening here? Those, he was just from raising Lazarus from the dead. And the story had spread across that there is this man called Christ who raises people from the dead. Not only that, he's done many other wonderful things. And as they go to Jerusalem, here's the thing. There's one thing at the back of the mind to see Christ. And I'd like to bring to our attention here again three items as we look at the text here. That first of all, as a church, as individuals, the prayer of every Christian's prayer must be to see Christ in your life. And when I talk about seeing Christ here, I'm not talking about him in a physical sense, seeing him in a physical sense. We long for that. I hope we do. But to see him with the eyes of our hearts. That he transforms our lives. He changes us. That we become like him. A desire that you should passionately have. Pursue. He must be. Christ must be every Christian's way in Rooney. 
more and more and more of him in my life. Transform me. I want to see more of Christ in him. And more of Christ, yes, in your life. First of all, in the area of prayer. That we should be constantly on our knees praying. Being prayer warriors. Because the task that we have is a spiritual one. And we cannot take the physical to the spiritual. We must get into the spiritual as well. And as we pray, we are bringing those things before the Lord in a spiritual realm. That's why we pray. That's why we should pray. And we should say, Lord, the way Christ did it. How he was so passionate in prayer. Desired to pray. It is in the book of Matthew and chapter 26 where the scriptures give a statement that is very astounding. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 36, as Jesus prays in Gethsemane, then Jesus, verse 36, went with them to a place called Gethsemane and he said to his disciples, Sir, here, sit here, rather, a while I go over there and pray, and taking with him Peter and two uh, sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful, troubled. Then he said uh, to them, My soul is very sorrowful even to death. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me? One hour. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And we are being taught here, can you imagine that Christ went away, came back, found them sleeping. They were sleeping. One hour, he was praying. Now, if you're like me, in my human side, I'm saying, Lord, what were you saying for one hour? And as if that's not enough, he, he, he goes back second time. Another hour. He comes back, the same thing, they're sleeping. He goes back third time, another three hours. Lord, what, what were you saying to our, our God? But to be like that, that must be our prayer, that we be prayerful. That even as, as Elder Stalley comes in France here and gives that long prayer, you do not fall into sleep. But that you realize that we are getting into the spiritual realm because the, the battle ahead is spiritual. Someone writes an article and he says that when an ego is fighting or wrestling with a snake, it will grab the snake and fly with it into the skies. And when they get into the sky there, it will start playing with it. It will let it go and then come again and grab it. And what it's simply doing there, it's trying to destabilize the snake. While the snake is on the ground, 
it has a foot. It's able to maneuver around and actually run away from the eagle. And so the eagle will take it into the sky. And when the snake is up there, it loses its strength and momentum. Satan is at work. And he's uh, doing things, fighting in the spiritual realms. And we have an opportunity to do the same, to take things in the spiritual realm. And when we pray, we are simply bringing things where they should be, that God may intervene. That must be your prayer. As an individual, a member of this local church, that I will be committed to prayer. As Christ did it. I'm not saying you begin to pray for one hour, three hours. But that this be a priority. Pray, not just, not just that, but uh, in our actions as well. Uh, praying... Uh, that you see Christ in your life through prayer and then also in actions. The things that we do, the decisions we make in life, the kind of jobs that we pursue, the marriage partners that we are going to go for. Here's the thing, the non-Christians are looking at the decisions we are making. And let them see, as they see, that they are seeing a sermon, a Christ-like sermon moving about. Saturated with Christ. The things that we do, that they be those of Christ. What would Christ do? How would he relate? How would this situation, if he was right there besides me, I mean, and I, I'm thinking of doing what I want to do. What is it that he would say? Would I do it? What would he do? To see Christ in our prayer life, in our actions, in the meditation of God's word, to soak ourselves in the scriptures, And someone says, soak yourself in the word so much that if anything, an insect or whatever bites you, it should go away singing, ah, there is power in the word. But the idea there is that the scriptures would be loved cherished as we so stand on the authority of scripture sola scriptura that that should sink but not only that that in our thoughts our thoughts would be clear and pure that we will hide our thoughts in the scriptures and begin to say like the psalmist, let, the, let the, 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 the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer.
It is said that the believers at Antioch were first called Christians for simple thing that they lived like Christ. So they said, we wish to see Jesus. That's all. That's all. Now, interestingly, in the book of Luke, in chapter 19, Luke chapter 19 here, verse 1, Luke 19, verse 1, he entered Jericho and was passing through, and there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. Has he gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner? And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. I hope, I hope you see what I'm seeing there. Zacchaeus. The Bible says here, the chief tax collector. Chief tax collector. That means he was a wealthy man, well to do, very rich. How could this able man embarrass himself in such a way that he goes and climbs a tree? just to see Jesus. How? Well, it's because of who this Christ is and what he promises. At the end of the, the, the verses there, it says, salvation has come to... That's how Zacchaeus came to know the Lord in, in a personal way. How far are we willing to go so that Christ may saturate us and we become more like him? How far would we be willing to climb those trees so that Christ is magnified in us? Another passage, the Apostle Paul says, for to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. As long as I have life, Christ, 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 that's it. In your life, Christ in your life. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Philippians 3 verse 8. That's the Apostle Paul speaking. In another passage, he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I hope you're seeing Christ, Christ, Christ. What is your desire? 
What is your everyday prayer? Is it so that you may see Christ, more of him in your life? Is that what it is? Well, that must be your prayer. But not only just to see Christ in your life and in those areas, but that the prayer must also be to see Christ in your relationships. In your relationships. That as husband, I ought to pray that God let my wife be more and more of you. That she be transformed. On the other side, the wife is also praying, Lord, that my husband, he be more and more like you. He learns to love our Lord. That you transform them. The brothers and sisters pray especially those that are without Christ, that they too may come to the serving knowledge of the Lord. Lord, transform them. Let Christ dwell in them. Yes, those blessed with children, that the children will eventually as well get saved and be more of Christ in their lives. Now the beauty about such things is when you are praying like that and God is working in their lives, you see, you do not have to force someone to submit to you. You may not have to, 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 to push someone to love you. Their knowledge of God and love for Christ and as they read through Ephesians chapter 5 and they are seeing a Christ who loved the church, he was willing to die. They are ready to love because they want to imitate Christ. They are ready to submit. The child is ready to obey, listen to the parents because Christ is working in their heart. Apostle Paul mentions in Romans in chapter 9 verse 1 to 3 and he says I'm speaking the truth in Christ I am not lying my conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have a great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart for I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers my kinsmen according to the flesh Paul what are you saying you're saying you're ready to go to hell so that your kinsmen are saved. What, what are you talking about? Christ in, in, in the relationships that I have. More of Jesus Christ. In, in the same Romans 10 and verse 1, it says, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. Saw, saw, they cried out, these Greeks, we wish to see Jesus. This, this, this holy God, this sovereign king, 
One, one that is turning the world upside down, raising people from the dead, walking on water, turning water into wine. We, we want to see him. And when we meet with him, that we also have this eternal life which is giving to everyone else. Is this your goal? Is this your prayer? Do you pray this every day? Is this your desire? So if that's your prayer in your life, and then it comes in other people's, in, 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 in your relationship with others, it works out well because it starts with you and then it moves on to others. But then thirdly, and lastly, it comes to something that one of the reasons why we are here. That our prayer be to see Christ in the world. That we see Christ transforming lives across the world. And that's why I said at the beginning that there is a work that God is doing here. Let's not take it for granted that we are at the center of Africa. We have all these privileges. That's a blessing. There's something that God is doing. And all of us, our prayer together must be that we see Christ across the world. That the world be transformed with Christ. Eventually, of course, that's what will happen. But that's what should keep us moving and driving. And as our motto is on our logo, spreading the good news about Jesus Christ. To where? Across the world. Yes, that eventually as the gospel is going out, that we see Christ in the entertainment world. Yes, why not? That we see Christ in the political world. We see Christ in the sports world. What's wrong with soccer players as they are playing and after the game they remove their shirts and only to have them write on the other shirts inside saying, Jesus saves. What's wrong with that? It can happen as the gospel is spread and continues to be spread. It can happen. Yes, that as young people gather in the colleges across, as they are singing and talking, they are talking Christ and Christ and Christ and more of him, Christ crucified. Why? Because the gospel is going. The gospel is moving. And there are people that are committed to take it up. Yes, not just in the entertainment world here, but across this country. 
we've, we've already, we already have uh, John Lang, I mean, McKinney. We're hearing of Hillview. We're hearing of uh, uh, Minwood, this site. We're hearing of many other places. There are many other places that have not been reached. And even there, Christ will reach there. That they too may have an experience of what we have experienced. When that day we are saying, oh that wonderful, wonderful day, a day I will never forget. After I had wandered in darkness away, Jesus my Savior, I made that they too can sing those words. Yes, across not just Zambia, across Africa, across the continents of the world. Some years back, there was an advert that was going around. Some icons, uh, world icons, were uh, coming into Zambia. Uh, there were musicians. And there was an advert that was put. And to enter, and just see those people. It was something like a 1,500 kwacha. Just to see someone singing. And I thought to myself, how many would be willing to surrender a 1,500 kwacha just to see someone hear the gospel out there. How many of us? That they too may come to the saving knowledge of Christ. How many? There's a great work to be done. God is working through this church and he continues to do so. The younger generation, us, you have a very good number of elders here, good elderly men. If you're sensing the call into the ministry, yes, pray about it, but talk to them as well. I don't think they'll hesitate to send you. Because the issue is about Christ. Let's work in such a way uh, that we are uh, being obedient one to the other so that the gospel continues to spread out there in the world. Love one another. Be there for each other. Don't let the elders of the church, do not let it be a burden for them saving, saving you. I have had an opportunity to work with them and I can tell you the amount of time they spend praying for each one of you. It's just uh, amazing. 
There is something that they are doing that you cannot see in the background. And the best that can be done is listen. Listen and obey. There is one agenda that is across getting Christ across the world. Getting Christ in the communities. The gospel going there. Paul says the love of Christ compels us. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14. The love of Christ controls us. It compels us. It's Christ at heart. He's the one that we love. And further on he goes on and says the fact that he has died. We ought also to live for him. One songwriter describing the magnitude of Christ, how, how, how majestic and big he is. We cannot describe him. He goes on and says that this Christ is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the Son of God, King of kings and Lord of lords. He is everything, Messiah, Jehovah, the Prince of peace. He is he, the Son of man, seed of Abraham, second person of the Trinity, that Christ that God-man that the world should see. The world should come to be transformed by him. And as we do so, we are looking to the coming of the Messiah himself. And what a joy it will be. As John puts it in 1 John Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we shall be has not yet been revealed, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is now. The faith will become sight. The work would have been done. What a joy it would be. And that's the only thing that brings fulfillment in one that has been changed, transformed from the inside. That's the only thing. And that's why John the Baptist was able to say that this joy of mine is now complete. I must decrease, he must increase. More and more and more of Christ. That, let, let that be our prayer. Every day. And as one man has said, quite famous statement, he says one, one life, one life, and it will soon be passed. Only what is done for Christ will last. That's it. And as you soldier on as a church, keep doing the good works that you are doing. Let's have this in mind. Christ in our lives. Christ in our relationships. Christ and the rest of the world. Amen.